Cash Color Cannabis, a higher level of conversation. And we're back at Las Vegas Convention Center for MJ BizCon 2022. And I have a special guest in the building with me, my man Will Perry with Magic Hour Cannabis. And let me tell you how a funny story, because I've been actually following this brother for a while on social media. Never had a chance to really bump into him personally, I feel, until I was in the bathroom yesterday. And it's going to get, it's not, it's, it's not that serious. <laughs> Literally, I got off a plane and I was downstairs and I had to go to the bathroom. And as I, it's so crazy how life works, because as I was getting getting done in the bathroom, I was saying to myself, I got to get my list together, my questions, everything for my, my guests tomorrow. Then I turn around and we have this long line in the men's bathroom, which you rarely see ever. This is a line for the men's bathroom. But I see at the end of this line, it'll be my man, Will. <laughs> I was like, Will, it's so crazy. You got you there. But now I got you sitting across from me right now in um, in room two down here on Podcast Row. And we're going to get into Magic Hour Cannabis, get into your first time jumping into the, to the plant. Also, your fashion sensibility, man. Like, I consider myself a fly brother out here, man. But your outfits, man. We have to get into that. Like, are you a stylist? What's the fashion life like? But first things first, man, please introduce yourself and let us know what you do. What's up, y'all? Will Perry. Um, I own Magic Hour Cannabis. Um, we're boutique kind of grow in Portland, Oregon. And now we're evolving to a lifestyle brand as well. Okay. So coming out with merch, throwing events, um, doing educational events as well, consulting. Um, so it's really turned into more than just a grow. Yeah. But it all started off with just growing the best organic cannabis we can. Yeah. I mean, partly really nice. That's good. That's great. That's great. You know, um, I'd love to also dip into cultivation, like what made you get into growing. But before we get into that, when was the first time that you found yourself interested in cannabis cannabis itself? You know what? I think I always innately had cannabis culture built into me. Yeah. My parents have always been big smokers um, since, since I can remember. I remember them lighting up incense in the room, trying to get the smell of weed out. So it's always been a part of my <laughs> life subconsciously. Um, and then I moved to L.A., in about 2014 okay. and my homie had a girl he needed some part-time help i needed the money so i said all right you know i'm gonna check it out after my nine to five yeah and eventually i was like i love doing this like, i'm passionate about this i gotta make a career out of this and so i just quit my job and started growing full-time with my homie yeah. um in la this is kind of a trap bro so yeah at any time we could have got the door kicked in we could have gotten robbed um it was actually right by skid row so not the greatest area to be in, you yeah. know what I mean, if you know anything about Skid Row, LA. Yeah. So I figured, why not move to uh, Oregon and get a license, pay taxes, and, and build this brand with Jake Way, you know? So that was kind of the thing you know, started watching. That's dope. So you, you discovered a, li- a love for growing late. Um, yeah. Was it the first time you put your hands in the dirt or the first time you saw the plant actually come to life? When, when, when did you realize, yeah, I like this shit? That's a great question. I think it was like seeing the whole harvest. You okay. know what I mean? So from the time you plant them to the time you're seeing the buds. And the first strain I grew was uh, Blue Dream, which is considered kind of mid now. I was just about to say, like, Blue Dream has had, you talk about needs a publicist. Yeah, yeah, for real, because it's a great strain. It yeah. feels good. Um, it tastes great. It smells great. And, you know, it's a cult classic. Yeah. We may have to bring it back, but um, yeah, once I saw that flowered out, I tasted the flower, I saw the whole process, I was like, this is amazing. Um, and, you know, you're not on your phone, so think about, you know, the time we're here right now. Yeah. Everyone's always on their screens, on the phone. I go into the garden, and I can kind of meditate for three to five hours just working with the plant, so that was something that drew me as well. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, you, you definitely took a lot of risk with that trap, with that trap, bro. You know, there's a lot of people out there right now who have grows in places they probably shouldn't be growing it. You talk about the fears and anxiety that you must have felt doing that. Yeah, yeah, man. So, like, it was hard to sleep. Yeah. You know, now I may not sleep for, for other reasons, maybe because I'm worried about investors or, you know, et 
expanding, but before is worrying about, you know, who's going to knock at the door? Yeah. Are we going to get robbed? You know, there's no recourse if you get, you know, held at the gunpoint. Yeah, you, know, you can't call the police. Yeah, not calling the police. So it was just, it was just sketchy, you know what I mean? But I think everyone who starts in cultivation has that kind of, you know, kind of beginning. I don't know anyone who just got into the wreck market, just growing legal weed. Yeah. You know what I mean? You kind of need that experience and that, that, um, that toughness about you yeah. to fight through stuff. Yeah, you talk about fighting through stuff as well. With Magic Hour Cannabis, for you to fight for licenses, um, you know, just for cultivation, fight for licenses to be able to sell. That's, it was a fight in itself. Talk to us about the bringing Magic Hour Cannabis to life in Oregon, and what were some of the obstacles that you did face? Yeah, so i say the biggest obstacle was access to capital. Okay. Right, so, you know, me and my co-founder, Adriana, uh, she's, you know, a young woman, Latina. I'm black and Jewish. You know, we had never had um, a track record of you know being CEOs of cannabis companies or even owning any company. So we're going to pitch these you know VC people, and they're like you know you have no track record. Yeah. So it didn't seem appealing to them at the time. So what we actually had to end up doing was taking out loans, taking out some personal debt, and we were lucky to find a grow that was failing. So we find a distressed asset. Um, mm. What I suggest people smart, do. Smart, smart move. All that yeah. Capital. Find people who are failing because a lot of people fail every single day in this industry. It's yeah. tough. Um, so we were able to get a, a grow for very cheap with all the equipment uh, already in it. Um, so we were able to just get up and going. So it was it was it wasn't easy, but you know, capital was probably the hardest uh, thing we had to do. Yeah, and it still is. Um, how hard was it to get a loan? for what you were doing? Like, did you have to disguise what you were doing in order to get the money? So it was really loan from family and friends. Okay, you know okay, okay. I mean? So we they, hit up all our family and friends we could. Gotcha. And initially we didn't, but they saw how hard we were trying to raise money, and then they kind of started believing us. They are yeah. like, wait, y'all are going hard, you know your stuff, uh, and they could just see we, we needed a chance. Uh, and like I said, we got the, the growth from pennies on the dollar, so we are able to kind of uh, pay back the loan pretty slowly. It wasn't a lot of pressure. As opposed to if you have investors, they're breathing down your neck. They're calling you, you know, every day, every yeah. week. Where's the returns at? What's the next harvest? How's everything going? So we didn't have as much pressure. You know what? Shout out to parents who will invest in small things. Like my mom's invested in every business I've ever done, and I have yet to have to actually pay her back. <laughs> She'll get mad occasionally and remind myself. That you know, you still owe me this money, but uh, she's not pressing me. It's not Bank of America. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Take the money. Exactly. So Magic Hour Cannabis is now alive. It's now a thing growing in, in, in Oregon. What's it been like as far as the reception for the for the brand? You know, I know um, cannabis consumers can be tough. <laughs> what's the what's the been the reception for Magic Hour? So the reception's been great. And so we're originally from New York. Then yeah. moved out to Oregon, which is a completely different culture. Oh yeah. Demographics, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's very white. And then also they have a they have a history of growing, you know. So again, you talk about being a tough a tough cons uh, consumer base. I think it's I think it's the toughest consumer market in the world, honestly. I mean, California is tough as well. Yeah. But like you said, there's that culture of growing and agriculture in Oregon that's so rich. Mm -hmm. You talk to someone, oh, my uncle grows, my dad grows, exactly. my mom grows. Everyone knows a grower in Oregon. Um, so that kind of made us up our game, which is dope. We couldn't come with any bids. We had to come correct. And yeah. I was able to pick up a lot of uh, tips and tricks. Um, I worked at other grows while we were kind of waiting for our license. Smart, smart. Um, so I went in for minimal wage, yeah. 12 bucks an hour off shoveling dirt. But at the same time, I was kind of sitting behind the scenes what this grow is doing right, what they're doing wrong. So I was able to pick up a lot of tips during that. I think that's smart. You know, a lot of people, I know, again, it's interning basically, but you did it for some money. 
But that's a great way to kind of really learn, especially something as technical as cultivation, learning the background, learning how to actually manage workers, learning how to manage the crops. Like those are things that you're going to really need to know. And I think that's an amazing way that you, you approach that. Yeah, I suggest that to everyone. Like approach it as like your grad school. Yeah. I didn't go to grad school, so, you know, I'm going to make this my own education. And if I'm going to make this my career, I'm going to dive into it. You know what I mean? So I want to learn everything from the compliance to the trimming every single uh, aspect of growing I wanted to you know dive into yeah. so now I'm able to teach other people um, and I do a lot of consulting now too so I help people get their grow up and running um, I helped with uh, Ricky Williams's brand the Heisman in Oregon oh shout out to Heisman yeah yeah shout out to Ricky shout out to Heisman uh, but we helped them grow their campus in Oregon with kind of our playbook yeah. um, so it's just been a, a great experience being in Oregon although it is a tough market yeah Oregon is a great market shout out to my boy Jesse Horton man Jesse J- you know, I love talking. I Whenever I speak about cultivation, I talk, I, I, I um, stand out with Jesse. Because Jesse, have a conversation with Jesse about growing. It's like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you'll you literally listen to somebody who is so passionate about something. Um, have you ever a chance to tap in with him or get any pointers yeah, so from him? so it's funny. I feel like every podcast or interview I do, I yeah. shout Jesse out because he's such a good guy. So when I first got to Portland, I didn't see any black or brown cultivators, right? Yeah. Jesse was the only one. So I hit him up, and he was cool enough to have dinner with me, have a couple drinks. Just kind of give me that confidence that I could start my own thing. Yeah. Because just coming into Oregon, it seemed overwhelming to just start up and grow. You know what I mean? Like, we were capitalized. Um, You know, I've never done this before. And just him giving me that game and confidence just made me, you know, say, all right, I can do this. That's perfect. Big shout out to Jesse. Big shout out to Jesse Horton. Um, you know, I didn't get a chance to ask you this. Prior to getting into the cannabis, what were you doing before? So I was doing advertising and marketing. Okay. Uh, I actually had a pretty good job in, in New York with a big uh, ad agency, but it just wasn't something I cared about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the day to day, I was on the computer from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Then maybe I had a client meeting, go to some dinners, you know, like I wasn't passionate about it. And that's my big thing. It's like, firstly, I need to be passionate about what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of homies who are probably still in that ad agency. Yeah. Any possibilities of seeing magic, uh, seeing seeing magic hours expand past Oregon? Like, have you have you started getting into those conversations as far as with your business partner about, you know, is it is it feasible that we could even bring this to other places? Yeah, you know. And that's what BizBot has been so good for right now. Okay. It's networking, finding these investors and people that want to start these projects. So we have a lot of good momentum this year. Um, I actually have a meeting right after this with an investor um, looking to take us to New York. So um, it's been great this year. And now we have a track record, so we've been operating for three years. Yeah. And so as a small boutique operator, we go, um, you know, finance from behind us operating three years in such a saturated market. Like, yeah. It says a lot about the company. Yes, it does. And our ability to operate. It is. And so um, to answer your question, the brand has been really well received in Oregon, but I think it'd be even more well received in somewhere like New York. You know what I mean? Where we can use more culture. Yeah. Like we're talking about style, um, music. We, we deal with some, you know, rappers, uh, celebrities, but very organically. It's not yeah. it's never a forced thing. So I can see the brand definitely. Would you be the one actually having to grow when you go to New York? I know that's a thing. You can't just go somewhere. You know, like, would you be hands-on when you get into New York as far as making sure that this magic hour is the same magic hour that you would have got 
at least as close as possible that you would have gotten work. For sure. I'm super hands-on. Um, I wouldn't say a micromanager. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially as a young owner, yeah. you want to be hands-on. Um, and I've just kind of like let the, uh, my hands off the reins a bit in Oregon because we have a great team now and people that we trust. Um, but yeah, in New York, I've to be hands-on for a while to, to make sure everything's on. Let's get, let's get into some fashion, man. Um, you a fly dude. <laughs> I, I, I love seeing people who, who, who have their own real fashion style, especially in cannabis. You know, like one of the things, and this is no knock to people, I hate cannabis suits. Yeah. Are they talking about the green ones? I hate those on oh, fashion, man. And when I first came to my first conference, it was like, the, it was a sea of that. And I was like, man, I wish somebody would just come in with a little bit of flavor. And I appreciate you for bringing some flavor, man. Explain to us your fashion style, man. Like, how do we? How do you get the drip that you got? To be honest, my mom um, was in fashion for okay. a long time, so she had a boutique in uh, in the city around Soho, in the West Village. Oh, cool. Um, so I'd always just go with her and just watch her put fits together. And so that kind of inspired me. Um, and also, like you're talking about, like growing is super monolithic in terms of how people look. Yeah. And I just want to be myself and show people that yeah, you can be in the grow, you can be flat. You don't need to have the flat rim and <laughs> flat the weird glasses. Like you can be yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? You could you could be yourself without trying too hard. Um, and just make the grow grow. Yeah. Um, that's what just inspires me to, to be myself and show other people like be yourself whatever your fashion is. Like confuse that into your brain. Yeah. I think that's dope. I tried to do that myself. I tried to do that myself out here. Shout out to Willie in the back. I tried to do that myself. It, it bring in my own flavor when I walk into the building, yeah, man. Fire merch, Atlanta bits. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, I've been seeing that in Appreciate that. Speaking of, you know, you're saying that Magic Hour is going to um, bloom into a lifestyle brand overall. You spoke about merchandise. I, mean, I know you're going to roll out some fashionable, some fashion items on that brand. Have you thought about that already? Or yeah, is that for something sure. So we're working with some like, uh, people who have design backgrounds. And we're really trying to elevate it. So you see a lot of the merch these days. It's just like a normal team with the, the boring logo. Yeah. Like we want to have interesting fits, interesting cuts. Uh, we want it to be more of a piece as opposed to merch. Yeah. That's my whole thing that I'm, that I'm you know, speaking on. It's like I want to create pieces of the collection as opposed to like this is a t-shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like good weights on the t-shirts, um, good cuts. So we want to elevate it. Ten years from now, what do you want people to think about when they think about you? When they think about Magic Hour, like what do you feel like your legacy is going to be? Like? Um, quality, um, empowering the community, um, and inspiring. That's all I really want to do. You know, create quality medicine, quality cannabis that people can enjoy. Yeah. Um, and anyway, and that's what Magic Hour is. It's like using our cannabis to create that magic hour. Like whatever it is, it could be 6 a.m. You wake up, you do yoga. Afterwards, you have a joint. Or it could be when you get home from, from work. You yeah. know what I mean? Or it could be after you put your kids to sleep. That's your magic hour. You know, you know, so um, I want people to associate it with quality, um, lifestyle, and you know, how to do it. Appreciate you, man. Well, this has definitely been a magic, magic 15 minutes. <laughs> well, um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about uh, Magic Hour? How can they how can they do that? Yeah, hit me up on socials uh, at Will Rosen um, or Magic Hour Cannabis. And feel free to email me at will at magichourcannabis.com. Um, I love just helping people out, giving as much game as I can. Um, so, yeah, anyone can hit me up with coming over. I appreciate you stopping through. And that is another episode of Cash Color Campus live from MJ BizCon.